Welcome back to the Australian Rotary Health podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and with us today on episode 55 is Anna Ross from the University of Melbourne. Anna was awarded an Ian Scott PhD scholarship from Australian Rotary Health from 2019 to 2021 for her project mitigating the impact of the media on stigmatising attitudes towards people with severe mental illness. Anna's background is in psychology, where she has completed a Master of Clinical Psychology and worked clinically in adolescent mental health. She has 10 years experience in mental health research, with her research focusing on reducing stigma and discrimination towards mental illness, mental health first aid, and suicide prevention. So welcome to the podcast, Anna. Thanks so much for joining me today. How's everything going for you at the moment? Thanks so much for having me, Jessica. As I mentioned, um, just as we were talking before, I've had a look at the list of people you've interviewed for these podcasts. So we've got a lot of um, the leading Australian mental health experts already um, included in your podcast. So it's quite the honour to also be asked um, to join you. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's great to have you. And I'm really looking forward to talking about your research today. And I noticed that you only just recently submitted your PhD thesis. So I just wanted to say congratulations. That must be such a huge achievement. Thank you. You know, only I think just over two weeks ago, I submitted um, my thesis. So it's a great feeling. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I had such an incredible PhD journey and I'm really proud of the research that I produced doing this during this time. Um, And I think it has a really strong potential to reduce media-based stigma towards people with mental illness. So um, I'm really happy with what I was able to achieve during my PhD. And I'm also really looking forward to what happens next um, and and the work that I can do next um, to to create that bigger impact. Yeah, that's so great. And I guess, like, what would you say was your greatest achievement while while I'm completing your PhD? Good question. I would. Absolutely finishing was a great achievement. Um, but, yeah, I honestly, I just think, as I said, the, the research that I did, I think um, that's something that I'm, I'm really proud of and something I really strongly believe in um, and, and something that can have a really a really big impact on um, media-based stigma towards people with mental illness. Um, so I'm not done yet um, on, this, on this topic. There's still a lot more work to be done um, you know, in the media and in reducing public stigma through news portrayals. And I'm really looking forward um, to continuing to do that um, into the future. Yeah, yeah, it's such an important topic. And I guess what was it that might have drove you towards this particular area specifically? Absolutely. And that's such a great question because I think it's a really interesting um, story. Uh, so, um, so previously I've Um, before undertaking my PhD in the Centre for Mental Health at the University of Melbourne. Uh, I was working um, with Professor Tony Jorm and Professor Nikki Reevely as part of their team um, where stigma research um, is a big focus. Uh, So they've done a lot of work um, into reducing stigma in Australia previously. Um, And so I guess, you know, this this, um, project kind of came out of that. Um, And it 
it happened in response to noticing that there was news reports um, about mental illness, particularly related to violence and crime, uh, were still quite stigmatizing. Um, and so what, what I guess what we did with our project was um, built on the research and uh, the, the success of the work that's been done with improvements um, in the quality of reporting on suicide in Australia. And that research has been led by Professor Jane Perkis, who is also um, one of the wonderful researchers that Australian Rotary Health have supported. She's also the head of um, our centre as well at the university. Um, and she's, she's collaborated with um, Mindframe, who are Australia's national initiative for safe and responsible communication about mental illness and suicide um, in her work to improve these portrayals. And part of that was developing media guidelines um, for, you know, how to responsibly and safely um, report on suicide, um, aiming to reduce the harms that can happen if it's um, the reporting is not um, done so in a responsible and safe way. Um, and also the media training as well. So that's another way that those guidelines are rolled out um, to media professionals and media students across Australia. So what we did, um, we, it was very much a team effort, um, my PhD. I was, was very supported in this um, research, um, which was wonderful, such a wonderful, really wonderful experience. Um, so what we did was we um, really extended the media guidance um, and and based our work on the suicide model. So we yeah, extended the media guidance to cover um, media portrayals of people with mental illness in the context of violence and crime, and then also um, developed and piloted media training um, in a really similar way to how Mindframe are doing it now. So basing it on um, that amazing work that's been shown to be effective in improving news portrayals. Yeah, yeah, and that that's so great that that you mentioned um, Professor Jane Perkis and and her work, and because that's yeah one of the studies that um, was such a success story for ARH, I think, and you know seeing you kind of um, you know follow on from that with with other media guidelines that that yeah sounds really important and yeah some great work there as well. Um, I guess for your, um, could you walk us through maybe some of the main studies that made up your PhD and, and how you went about conducting them? Absolutely. So uh, my PhD was made up of four research studies, four smaller projects that all combined to form the big research thesis. Uh, so my first study, I conducted a systematic review. So that is involves looking at other people's research um, and then compiling that all into um, one research article. So all that evidence is synthesised and there together. And what this looked at was the impact of news portrayals um, of people with severe mental illness on attitudes um, towards severe mental illness. Uh, and this then informed our next study where we conducted key um, interviews with people who we considered to be key stakeholders so that included media professionals, as well as mental health experts, including people with lived experience, as well as researchers whose work focuses on stigma and media portrayals of mental illness, which then informed the next study. It's quite a nice flow on between these <laughs> studies, but informed our next study where we conducted an, uh, a Delphi expert consensus study, um, which is which I guess is quite a technical term, a quite a technical name. So basically what that study involves is um, determining consensus on a topic um, 
amongst a group of experts um, via a series of online surveys. Um, and what we did with our Delphi study was develop media guidelines for responsive reporting um, of people with mental illness in the context of violence and crime. So as I alluded to earlier, um, and as I also mentioned earlier, our, our fourth study looked at, um, so turning these guidelines into a, a media workshop um, and the fourth study, we evaluated that workshop with a group of journalism students. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it kept you very busy. <laughs> um, Absolutely. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a PhD if it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, um, could, could you tell us maybe about some of the most important research findings from, from these studies? Absolutely. So in our review of other research that had looked at the impact of news stories about people with severe mental illness, we found that news portrayals about violent crime in particular, that was like violent crime was perpetrated by a person with a mental illness, can have quite a negative influence on attitudes um, towards people with a mental illness. Um, and for example, this could increase beliefs about people with a mental illness um, being dangerous or unpredictable. So obviously quite um, a negative impact. Um, and you know, um, those kind of news stories really perpetuate stereotypes that exist about people with severe mental illness. And when I say severe mental illness, I'm talking about um, lower prevalent mental illnesses um, that involve psychotic symptoms. And that was the definition we used for my PhD. Um, that includes psychosis, schizophrenia, and um, bipolar disorder as well. Um, so we know that, yeah, that, that stigma, stigmatizing um, beliefs um, are higher towards people um, with the more with more like severe and more poorly understood mental illnesses um and so yeah we learned also that the media can um have an impact on these beliefs so you know learning this we then um conducted the interviews with our key stakeholders um where it was confirmed that there was a gap in media guidance um for you know responsibly reporting on incidents of violence and crime that are perpetrated by someone with a mental illness and how to report on these, um, these stories in a way that doesn't perpetuate stigma um, and, you know, have a really negative impact on public attitudes. Um, and it also came out that, you know, media resources um, for reporting on this topic would actually be quite useful. So from then we developed guidelines uh, to re inform responsible and balanced news reporting of mental illness, specifically focusing on the context of violence and crime. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, there, there are media guidelines that already exist uh, and these have a real focus um, on safe reporting of suicide with a little bit of guidance about reporting on mental illness, but not a lot of detail about reporting specifically on mental illness when it involves violence and crime. Um, so that's kind of the, the gap um, that our research addressed, um, the gap in media guidance that our research addressed. And then we conducted an evaluation of media training that was based on these guidelines. Um, and we did this with a wonderful group of, of journalism students. Um, and we found the media training to be effective. Um, so it was only a smaller pilot study. So it's a great, um, I guess, platform for more research into the future. Um, but we found it to be uh, effective in improving journalistic behaviours so that was creating news reports that are more consistent with the guidelines. Uh, it was effective to improve intentions and confidence to report consistently with the guidelines 
And it was also effective in reducing stigmatizing attitudes towards people with a mental illness. Um, so it's, like I said, still early findings yet, um, but really promising um, for us to explore further in future research. Yeah, yeah. And those sound like, um, yeah, very, very positive findings. And I guess, do you see um, any potential positive implications coming out of the, this research? Absolutely. So something that's already happened that's quite exciting and we're really proud of is that the guidelines, um, the media reporting guidelines have already been published um, on the Mindframes website as part of their suite of media guidance. Um, so that's, that's something we're really thrilled to have come out of this. So these guidelines are available for media professionals. Um, anyone, anyone can even access these guidelines um, freely online. So that um, was really exciting. Um, and then from this, um, obviously it will take time for uh, the guidelines, um, people to become aware of them and for that uptake to happen. And we'll need to do more work around making that happen as well. But with increased uptake, we're really hoping that they'll, they'll have a positive influence on media practice. Um, and yeah, and we are planning, like I said, that to conduct uh, future research um, in disseminating the guidelines and also further evaluating the media training as well. So um, I said this, this research we've done now provides a, a great platform um, to, to extend on, and build on what we've done. Yeah, and it sounds like such a, a great resource, especially for people who work in the media. I guess what, what can they do to ensure that they don't participate in perpetuating this cycle of stigma? Absolutely, good question. So my number one tip would be go to the Mindframe website, mindframe.org.au, and download a copy of the guidelines. Um, and then you have that there for whenever you need it. Um, but just to give a brief overview of what the guidelines recommend. Um, so firstly, it's important to understand the impact that media portrayals can have and, um, and the, how they can influence public beliefs about people with mental illness. So that's really important um, to have front and centre in mind when um, writing news stories about people with mental illness. It's also important to report on the role of mental illness accurately so sometimes what we see in news reports um, that isn't so accurate is that there's a very strong link between mental illness um, and a violent act. Mental illness can influence be um, violent behaviour, particularly untreated psychosis. However, this is very rare. Um, and more often there are other factors that explain violence or above and beyond having mental illness symptoms. Um, and these factors are things um, like having a history of violence or aggression, um, substance use, um, and not um, using treatment or being on treatment. So, yeah, I think it's really important that when we are reporting on the role um, of mental illness to make sure there's context as well provided about all relevant factors that contributed to the person's um, violent behaviour um, to, re I guess, you know, help to reduce that link in, in, that might have already been in people's minds about you know mental illness causing violence which we know is not the case yeah yeah absolutely um, another thing just quickly two more points um important to explain legal terms to, to make it clear that you know people who are found not guilty by mental impairment um are not simply just getting away with it there's actually um appropriate consequences and actions taken following and also um, similar with the mind frame guidelines for reporting on suicide and mental illness, 
the importance of using appropriate language. So using language that is person first, that describes someone as a person with schizophrenia rather than a schizophrenic um, and doesn't sensationalise mental illness or confuse it with erratic behaviour. Uh, and finally, it's important to provide help-seeking information and links to further information about mental illness and crime. Um, we know it might be really hard for a journalist to include in a news report um, the rarity of um, you know, uh, mental illness symptoms causing or being involved in violent behaviour, um, but maybe we, it might be appropriate to include a link so people can um, learn that information themselves. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you. Those sounds like some really good tips, um, yeah, for people working in the media. So hopefully they, yeah, can take that on board. Um, I guess as well, like you said, you mentioned that um, there are plans to continue on with the research that you've done um, with that pilot study. Is that something that's in the works now or are, are there maybe some other areas that, that you're going to look at as well? Absolutely. So I'm really... I feel like I'm just getting started um, with my research in the field of, um, you know, addressing media-based stigma, which is really exciting. Um, knowing that, you know, I've in you know in the work that I've done in the past few years with my PhD, there's still a lot more work um, I can do, and you know, change and impact I can create. So that's really exciting. So I'm hoping to do that um, into the future. Um, so absolutely, as you said. Um, We've, as we've, we've done a pilot trial of the, uh, the media training with journalism students. So the next step um, for us is now to conduct um, a randomised control trial, which is a more rigorous evaluation um, of the training. Um, and so for those who don't know what, what that involves as such, a randomised control trial means that um, we, ran, we randomly allocate, um, would be, we'd have clusters, so that would be journalism schools, to whether they receive, um, whether they undertake the media training or not. And so it helps to give us a control group um, to compare the findings over time. Um, and it helps us to work out, you know, if the, the improvements we're potentially seeing from um, our journalism students who have undertaken the training, if that's purely due to the training or whether there might be other chance factors um, that are infecting those findings. So it's a much more rigorous way of working out the true impact um, of the media training, but also we would do this on a larger scale. So instead of just having students from one university, um, our goal would be to have students from, you know, universities all over Australia um, to get a better understanding of the impact. So that's something that we'd um, really love to do. Um, and also, as I mentioned earlier, is that, um, you know, it's really great we've developed uh, guidelines. However, we really need to do further work to disseminate them, to increase the uptake of the guidelines so that it can have a bigger impact um, on media portrayals and, you know, subsequently, um, you know, improve attitudes um, towards people with mental illness. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got some, yeah, exciting um, projects ahead of you. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds really great. Um, I guess looking forward, um, do you have any other sort of goals for your career? Absolutely. And I, I think for, I think my big focus now is, um, you know, continuing to this, re, um, this further research. So really um, hoping to get funded as a postdoctoral researcher in the near future. Um, but for now, I am really excited to continue working um, with my team at the Centre for Mental Health. So working with Professor Nikki Reevely and Dr Amy Morgan, who were also my PhD supervisors, um, and to be conducting research um, into stigma 
um, and improving attitudes and understanding of people with mental illness. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really excited for this opportunity, um, but also, like you said, planning towards um, furthering the research um, in due time in the future. Yeah, and, yeah, it really sounds like such an important area as well and something that can make, um, you know, a really big impact. So, yeah, that's yeah, really great. Um, our Rotary audience as well, they always like to see the impact that their donations and fundraising efforts have. Um, could you maybe talk about how the Ian Scott PhD scholarship um, may have helped you in your research career? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's really important to acknowledge that research can't happen without funding. Um, so the Ian Scott PhD scholarship has helped to make this important research done that I've done in my PhD possible. Um, you know, all research, including PhDs, can't happen without funding. Um, and so, you know, with, with funding being really competitive in Australia as well, it means that, you know, a lot of fantastic research ideas don't always get funded. So the support from Australian Rotary Health is so important um, in getting this important research um, and, and focusing on mental health happening in Australia. Um, but the Ian Scott Scholarship's also given me the opportunity to meet other PhD researchers who are undertaking really important mental health research as well. So um, it's not just myself um, who has, be, has benefited from the support of Australian Rotary Health um, and in undertaking my important research, but there's so many of us um, who have benefited um, and this research might not have been possible otherwise. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's been really important um, and essential in um, making this important research happen. So thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you for doing this important work and, and thank you so much uh, for joining me on the podcast and talking about your research today, Anna. It's, it's been really great. Um, did you want to add anything before we wrap up? I think you've had some really great questions, Jessica. I just wanted to echo again. Thank you so much for having me um, and to the broader Rotary um, community as well for supporting my research, but also, you know, the wonderful mental health research um, that is happening here in Australia. Oh, well, thank you again. That was the 55th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please support important mental health research like Anna's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.